Hello, and welcome to Affable Chat. My name is Joey. On Affable Chat, we like to dive deep, as deep as we can, into any topic of our choosing. Usually, we talk about movies, and today is not an exception. Today, I've brought on casual Marvel fan Kevin to uh, discuss a very important movie that just came out. Uh, Kevin, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, how's it going? Uh, been, been a big Marvel fan for as long as I can remember. Uh, been reading the comics since I was a kid. I kind of tapered off toward as I got busy as an adult, but I've been trying to keep up with the movies, and I'm excited to talk about this one. Excellent. All right. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. The movie, of course, that we're talking about is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Oh, what a movie. Every night, I dream the same dream. Nightmare begins. This is a fantasy comic book horror action comedy. Uh, the director is Sam Raimi. The cast includes Eggs Benedict Cucumber Patch, L. Brody, Don Schaefer, Regina George, Benedict. Ever notice both sorcerers in the Marvel movies are played by people named Benedict Wong, CIA, Office Jim, John Luke Picard, the new Captain Christopher Pike, and Bruce Campbell. I watched this movie in theaters. Kevin, how did you watch it? I mistakenly went to go see it in IMAX. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, I went there, paid way too much money, expecting <laughs> the world, and left disappointed. Wow. <laughs> that truly a, uh, a regretful purchase. Okay, let's start off with our synopsis. Um, Kevin and I will alternate reading this, and I'll, I'll start us off. Dr. Stephen Strange is doing well. He isn't the Sorcerer Supreme, and he's attending the wedding of the girl of his dreams as a guest, and he's having weirdly specific nightmares, but otherwise, he's doing great. No, really, he's doing just fine. But then, a young woman named America with trans-multiversal powers shows up. She is being chased by interdimensional demons across the multiverse, all of them agents of some single-minded monster. Another Doctor Strange from another universe tried to save her, but then decides to take his power for himself. He dies in the process. Our Doctor Strange decides, this is my problem, and I'm going to make it worse. Immediately, he consults with the most powerful and stable person he can think of, Wanda Maximoff, a.k.a. the Scarlet Witch. Wanda is also doing well. Sure, she recently killed her husband. Twice. She deeply traumatized an entire town, fought her for her life against a mad witch, and watched her imaginary children disappear into dust. But she's doing great. No, really. She's doing just fine. When Strange shows up asking for help, she is more than happy to. That is, she is more than happy to steal this poor girl's power to take them for her own. That's right. The monster sending demons after America is Wanda herself. You see, Wanda is very sad that her children aren't real, so she is going to go to another universe where they are real and fulfill her goal of finally being a MILF. Good job, Dr. Strange. Strange and the rest of the sorcerers set up a defense around a remote temple to protect America. It goes very poorly. Wanda blasts her way in and crawls through a few reflections to the inner chamber. Inside, she attempts to steal America's power for herself. But America uses her powers to escape to another universe and brings Doctor Strange with her. They pass through several strange worlds, 
all of which look way more interesting than the boring copy of New York City that they end up in. Doctor Strange attempts to seek out his doppelganger in this world, but discovers he was killed fighting Thanos. Instead, he and America are captured by the world's Avengers called the Illuminati. Unfortunately, they have not escaped Wanda's grasp either. Using an ancient book called The Dark Old, Wanda can dreamwalk, meaning she can possess the body of herself in another universe. After a bit of a snafu with a brave sorcerer, a knife, and some reanimated bodies, Wanda is forced to move to the source of the Darkhold's power, a remote temple in some distant mountains. From there, she begins her assault on Doctor Strange's current universe. Strange is informed by the Illuminati that his counterpart was responsible for an incursion, basically the destruction of an entire universe. They are worried that by traveling between universes, he's putting them in danger. Unfortunately, the conversation is cut short by Wanda's arrival. Wanda dispatches the Illuminati's members easily and gives chase to Doctor Strange in America. Strange attempts to reach a special book located in Limbo that will give him the power he needs to defeat Wanda. But Wanda burns the book, takes America back to her universe, and strands Doctor Strange in yet another copy of New York City. <laughs> there, he meets with another version of himself. This one has destroyed his universe and killed other Doctor Stranges in his mad pursuit of his dream girl. Our Strange defeats him in musical combat and takes his copy of the Darkhold. He uses it to awaken his own corpse and dreamwalk inside it. Finally, there is a showdown between undead Doctor Strange possessing the corpse of an alternate self against the Scarlet Witch as she attempts to extract America's multiversal traveling power. There is a lot of punching and magic blasting, but eventually Doctor Strange tells America that she should stop being afraid and start punching like she means it. And that opens a doorway into another universe where Wanda is a mom and her kids are still alive. The kids are, of course, terrified of this violent and ruthless visage of their mother and run away from Wanda. This breaks Wanda's heart again, and she lets America go. In her despair, Wanda collapses the temple on top of herself, ending her reign of terror. America starts training to learn how to use her powers better, and Doctor Strange returns to his version of New York City, where everything is totally f Oh, oh no! His usage of the Darkhold has opened his third eye! Oh, no. The end. <laughs> okay, so um, let's start off with what we liked about this movie. Okay, so I like the little bits of multiversal travel we got. I thought that was pretty cool. The five seconds of it? The five seconds of it. I like that there was some play playfulness with that. Um, I really liked the cameos from Patrick Stewart, uh, Haley Atwell, and John Krasinski. I thought all that was well-earned and interesting. Um, and I also really liked that this movie was really about the accountability of extreme power. I think that was an interesting element that um, uh, you can really dive into if you wanted to. What about you, Kevin? What did you like about um, <laughs> what did you like about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness? I I, I think on a technical aspect, um, I thought the special effects were actually pretty decent. Um, I have to agree with you. Uh, well. Okay, let me rephrase. When they were good, they were really good. It's just so hard to remember everything that <laughs> happened in this movie. It's just, but uh, prose-wise, um, I like the idea that with those cameos that they've now opened the door to introduce these characters and actors uh, um, into the MCU. Like, I fully see um, Jim... 
to be our fantastic uh Mr. Fantastic. Yep. Um I it was nice seeing uh Captain Britain uh yep. even though like that in itself that that's its own Marvel character but they've kind of combined it to because well it, it, it is real dope seeing uh, seeing her. And it's really cool to see Black Bolt because then Humans was such a letdown that oh, no one it. talks. No, yeah, why would you? Like, no one talks about it. It was just such a failure. Um, so we're never going to see Black Bolt outside of this. So that was really, really cool to see. Okay, two two pros, and they are not any of the main list of actors. Really, the true stars of <laughs> this movie are two extras. First, the extra you, you see where uh, um, Doctor Strange goes to the wedding and sits next to someone, that man just <laughs> is the funniest thing in the movie. It, he's just sitting there, realizes it's Doctor Strange, and he he's like, oh my God, I'm going to look my best. And it's just so funny. It just, he's great. Um, and then the other character, uh, well, it, it, it was during the Battle of Shangri-La? No. I don't know what it's called. Uh, that place. The, I, I the Battle of the uh, Sorcerers. I, I should definitely know it as my self-proposed mar- casual Marvel fan. Well, you're just a casual, so <laughs> why would you know that? It was one of the characters. Is the character that destroyed 616's Dark Dark Toe book. And yes. That actor was just really believable. She had, like two lines and my god did she just act the hell out of it i i was legitimately upset when she died i was just like damn you had two <laughs> lines but i see you yeah no yeah, that was cool uh, that was one of my favorite moments too it felt like there was an actual setback you know to our to our main villain so that's that's it's helpful okay um cons let's talk about things we didn't like about this okay. movie um for uh, and i'll go first this movie is visually boring, it is creatively bankrupt, and it is frustrating to watch. I hate the random blasting of magical energy. Gosh, oh, yeah. it's it, it's just on full display in this movie. There is literally no stakes that make any sense to me at all. Um, the acting is subpar, even from Benedict Cumberbatch and Rachel McAdams. There is no sense of pacing whatsoever. And even the cool stuff at the end, like the musical battle and like the undead Doctor Strange, felt completely unearned. And I was so bored at up to that point that I just simply did not care where it was going from there. <laughs> I agree with you. And and the, the, my my biggest point is that I did not like Wanda as a villain. I don't think she works as a villain very well. Um, yeah. So I guess my biggest con was this movie is stuck between two genres. Okay. Uh, if they wanted to do the horror aspect of a mentally unstable person, they should have doubled down on that. They should have went full horror, full everything, uh, everything that tells with it, rather than doing the Sam Raimi camp, which he is a master at. Like, I'm not going to take that away from him. He is the camp master, but this was also a chance for him to step away from that and lean a lot into that horror aspect. Because here's the thing. This is when the Scarlet Witch is at her peak strongest when it comes to reality warping powers. Right. And they could have really done a lot with that instead of, they fight. Um, <laughs> fight more, please. Fight, yeah. Uh, it just, like, uh, 
their their lack of use a good use of magic rather than explosions boom wow no it, it just they 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 only use to reality warping powers when it served the plot that's it when in reality she should have just any she she did feel unstoppable but they should have made like if if they wanted that they should have gone extra into that because like yes you can you can absolutely control reality you can uh you can do it to whatever you want you you've gone bonkers crazy and so what's holding you back instead of just throwing fireballs and boom and right exactly there's no like creativity here right it's just like she just walks right through or whatever right it's like oh and then she uses her magic to do magic right to blast the guy away or to you know make the thing fall on somebody or whatever it's never like oh i mean she does uh take away black bolt's mouth right (laughs) okay yeah which is annoying for its own reasons but like there's not enough stuff like that there's not enough stuff where she's like making a like changing warping reality uh to uh you know suit her needs basically right there's never a moment where she's like pulling like them, t- like pulling the earth toward them or her, or like, like really showing, showcasing the extent of her power by showing us something visually amazing. Uh, I, I actually have a similar gripe with this movie uh, that I have with uh, Ron Reynolds' masterpiece of Green Lantern. <laughs> okay, uh, I can see that. It's just the whole point of like in the Green Lantern's power is you're limited by your creativity and your yes. imagination. And that's what this movie felt like. Like they, they, they had this ability for to really have the power to have any power you want, basically, and do whatever you want. And they just kept it so small. Like Marvel movies don't know how to use magic. Uh, it's yeah. Well, they, I mean, some of their you know like landmark characters, you know, they have like magic sort of, but it's like, it's pretty much like focused within some sort of lens. Right. And like, you can understand, I mean, I, I, I always loved all the different ways they use Tony Stark's Iron Man suits, you know, all, like all the different gadgets and stuff, especially with like, like the nano uh, stuff where he was coming up with like basically different weapons and, you know, moving the nanobots around to fight Thanos. Mm-hmm. All that stuff was, was really interesting and, and it made sense and I could follow it and, it was uh it felt very creative it felt like a natural step toward you know where we were we'd seen this kind of power been used before and then even like captain america where he's like it's always kind of fudged about exactly how strong he mm-hmm. is or or like what mm-hmm. exactly he's impervious to i like he has the frisbee you know he's he's always kind of jumping around and, and stuff and he's always punching people so it's it's always creative seeing him have to like work vertically right he has to he can't fly mm-hmm. so he has to somehow climb up stuff all of that stuff allows you to be more creative and stuff but when it's just like okay they can just move freely in any space possible and they can just blast energy at each other and that's just like i guess the most effective use of their powers well, what, what am i supposed to care about in this situation you know is dr strange gets blasted with uh, some red beams from uh from wanda um, he just gets knocked over. His face doesn't melt or anything. You know, like, like what, what exactly am I looking at here? Like, I, I have no idea. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely agree with you. Um, with Doctor Strange, I was super disappointed how he did his magic just because every spell he did had a physical component, really. He made chains that he had to pull. Right. He's a wizard. Not... 
like his his strength and his his muscle mass and all that is not really a part of his character. Like it would have been really cool if he like summoned those chains and had spectral giant arms to pull. These are Marvel movies. These are multi million dollar backing movies. Yes. I expected more than just. I don't know. I, I th- this is a sad comment to say about a Marvel movie, but I I think. Uh, an, an ambitious high schooler could have done more imaginative things with magic than this movie. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. I mean, okay, I think the only exception to this is that very first fight with the giant eye, eye monster, right? Where mm-hmm. they throw he throws the light pole into the, into the eye and then the eye goes... And comes right out. That I was, like that. That was awesome. I, I literally, when I first saw it, I was like, Ugh! I like made it like a like a visceral thing. I'm like, and I was like, oh yeah, Sam Raimi is directing this movie. Like he likes that kind of stuff. Yeah. I would. I mean, it was gross, and I was, and I was had a visceral reaction to well, it. The reason that was, cool, and that was the end of it. That was the yeah. last visceral reaction I had yeah. the entire movie. But that was cool because he actually conjured two giant spectral hands to pull that out and yes. then do that. It showed that he was using his magical might rather than me strong. Right, and it and it played with this specific monster. Absolutely. Right? This monster's yes. main characteristic is that it had a giant eye and they destroyed it by taking the eye out. That's mm-hmm. cool, right? That's set up and payoff, but in an action scene. You know, that's that's well directed. But that's where it ends. It ends there, right? The rest of the guys are just like God, those freaking stone monsters that are supposed to be guarding. Useless. Um, Useless. He starts to guarding Wanda's temple, right? They they immediately, some. they go up there and immediately <laughs> they fall off. Like, why can't these freaking guys fly? Why, like, all these other things can fly. Like, they don't have little stone wings or some sort of magic. They're just like, ooh, just like stumbling off of the mountain. It's so ridiculous. Like, they're not designed to be up here. How do they even get up here? <laughs> Uh, they, they were just a waste of time. Seriously. I was interested to see what they could do. I, I, I was I was hoping that they were somehow tied to the Eternals, um, with right with, with the divergence, the divergence and stuff. I thought that I thought that'd be cool, but no, they look just like them. They looked exactly like them. Uh, that would have been that would have been cool. <laughs> that would, because then, then that would have meant that they weren't all destroyed, and then the Eternals like uh, antithesis would have still existed. Sure. And so and that 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 whole movie's plot problem on the divergence would have been fixed in my mind in a weird way. Right. But no, <laughs> no, they just were bumbling gorillas off a cliff. And then, I mean, let's just talk about, I guess the main, the main thrust of this movie, right? Which is that we have this girl, right? That has some sort of superpowers mm-hmm. that she can't control, <laughs> which is, which is like the most deus ex machina shit <laughs> you could ever come up with. Because as soon as it's convenient, she suddenly has like, she can use her powers. Right. Mm-hmm. But like up to that point, you just assume that she can't use them. I don't know. It's just, it's very silly. And then, um, when she's finally captured, right. By Wanda. And we have like, what is probably one of the most famous, at this point, pacing issues with any movie I can remember in recent history. I, I thought we were past the like the point of like uh, something's chasing you in the woods and it's right behind you, and then the next shot it's ten feet behind you. Yeah. You know, I thought we were by- beyond that, but apparently not. No. Um, she's captured. America is captured by Wanda. Wanda puts her hand on her head, and Wanda is suddenly like, "Oh, I can do this." She 
has perfect control over the multiverse. She sends Doctor Strange and Rachel McAdams into some desolate universe and takes America back to her universe with like a it's like a blink of an eye. She's just like, oh, I know how to use these powers or whatever. And this poor girl like doesn't have any idea what, what she's doing. And then finally at the end, right, she's like, uh, Doctor Strange is like, this time when you punch her, punch it like you mean it. And she's like, oh, I didn't try that before. And it worked. once ever. And it works. It's not, it's just, oh God. I, don't, I want to see my mother so badly, but I can't punch I don't hard. understand no, exactly. I really don't understand what I'm like. What lesson I'm supposed to be taking away from this? Oh, the, no, no, no. There is no lesson. This is the most lazily written Marvel movie to date, and I'd say that it it's more lazily written than Dark Thor's Dark World. I, I I didn't have that much of a problem with Thor's Dark World, honestly. You know, I thought there were some interesting elements to that movie. Well, there's interesting elements. It's just. I still remember specific moments from it. Uh, this movie. Okay, then it's better than me. <laughs> this movie, I'm not so sure about. I mean, I'll just the things that stand out to me are the things that make me roll my eyes like right out of my skull. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kevin. So uh, I have some questions here for you, and All maybe right. we can uh, answer them, and maybe we'll we'll jump into something else. So, um, what? Okay, what about this movie speaks to you personally? Like, what is it? Well, like when you were watching it, what did it make you think of in your own life? Um, did I leave my oven on? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, actually, I got about halfway. It's actually one. It's <laughs> go ahead. It's one of the first movies in a long time that I actually kind of was in the middle of it, and it's like, is it not over yet? <laughs> So when when he did Necro, uh, Doctor Strange, I, I thought that was pretty cool, and it actually gave me a lot of ideas on how a um, a lich would use their powers in a cool way in a D and D game. Yeah, about that time, I, my brain kind of just turned and just started playing uh, planning a and D villain uh, <laughs> uh, as a lich based around that, and because I thought it was pretty cool with the whole like shade cloud with the with the wings and all that. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, oh, I thought that was really interesting. I mean, it was cool watching that kind of come together where they like introduce dreamwalking and then mm-hmm. Doctor Strange does it through a corpse, right? And then he like awakens um, whatever, uh, spirits of the damned, I suppose. Well, okay, okay. That actually introduced a pretty cool concept was there are th- – th- there is universal unspoken rules to everything and apparently messing with the dead and dream walking into a, a dead corpse of yourself goes against those inherent laws this is kind of the first time we've really seen this in an mcu film will we see it again probably not i don't know because in the other doctor strange movie right where he's messing with time right it be he what you're giving me a look <laughs> it's um there's sort of an implication that, like, you know, time is fragile, right? Yeah. And then, and also in Infinity War, I guess, not Infinity War, but Endgame, right? Where they're also mm-hmm. time traveling. There's certain rules that are kind of half explained to us about the location of Infinity Stones, right? Okay. Okay. Uh, the look is based around because, yes, they've talked about those rules, but this is the first time where we've seen a very immediate. Consequence. reaction consequence to it because they say oh don't do that i'm gonna do it and no consequence well and, there was not much of a consequence here either honestly well no okay uh 
I, I'm, I'm talking about the the overarching force like that that uh, in, that looks over, I guess, how the dead work and stuff. And they, they sent people to stop him. Right. Yes, he gained control over it, but there was some overarching force trying to thwart uh, Doctor Strange outside of the plot. Hmm. Um, but with the the timey wimey stuff, um, he goes, "Don't do it." All right, won't do it. Does it, and it's fine. And they, they kind of. They, I guess in this movie they try to touch on that about go, going to Doctor Strange. Was that really the only way? And that okay, that actually that line annoyed me because they made a big deal about Doctor Strange looking through all these different situations, all these different outcomes, and this was the only way. And so yes, Doctor Strange could have turned and go yes. This was the only way. Right. I I looked at all of them. I like I could have looked at more, but I looked over like what millions and millions of fourteen million or something. Yeah, like that. something. And he goes, "This was the only one where we succeed." So everyone, everyone going to him, you hypocrite, you, you th- what couldn't? Did you have to give him the time stone? Yes, yes. That that's the whole point of that line. Yes, this is the only way. Tony Stark has to die. The 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 the, the finger in Endgame where he gives him the one to Tony Stark. Yes, this was the only way. And then people are, and now people are giving him hard time going, "I don't believe you." Yeah, well that's how it works, you know. I know, but <laughs> but Doctor Strange is like Doctor Strange was like, "I don't know, did I really make the right call second guessing himself?" No. You don't second guess yourself. You did the research. You did the time. You, you, you really tried. You have nothing to be ashamed of. And he goes, we're at war. I think you made the right call. Yeah. One. That's true. I mean, that is really true. <laughs> That's funny, though. I mean, I mean, but he's like, since he's the only one who knows this for sure, right? I mean, obviously, people are going to question him about this. Yeah, well. Obviously, but he he doesn't need to be like emo about it. Sure, like he he, he can be calm. Yeah, well, it's because he's he doesn't get everything he wanted, right? He's still there's still things he doesn't want. Boo hoo! He's an adult. Yeah, but that's like that's kind of the thrust of this movie, right? That's sort. That's sort of like the instigating plot of this is that he's like he thinks he should have everything, and technically he does, but he still feels like there's things that are outside of his grasp, and so this movie kind of uh, like plays with this idea that he is attempting to um, get into things that like he's trying to get to places that he doesn't belong right mm-hmm. that seems to be kind of a theme with Doctor Strange at least in the Marvel cinematic universe is like mm-hmm. he messes with stuff he doesn't doesn't quite understand and then he has to kind of face the, the consequences of that and so it's interesting watching him kind of like become more powerful and then realize that more is within his grasp, right? And like whether or not he chooses to go to pursue that mm-hmm. or not, which is, you know, the consequence that we see in the What If series uh, for him going after Rachel Pink Adams, mm-hmm. right? Which is one of the better, I think, the, like not my favorite one, but one of the better uh, episodes in that What If series is when he tries to go after, um, what's her name? Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. He goes try, tries to go after Rachel McAdams, and she and he doesn't. Uh, he's not able to succeed. Um, and then in this one too, right? You still, you, he still like you see Wanda kind of um, exemplifying that same attitude of like she has this unlimited power, so she's going to go after the only thing that she doesn't have, right? And she's going to go at it with everything she's got because she thinks that she owes it. 
<laughs> UK. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you saw that, didn't you? Is it your new mouth? <laughs> <laughs> the water just shot I right saw like my it, eye. I saw it get on your freaking eyelash. Um, I don't know how to drink water. I'm 28 <laughs> and I still haven't figured that out. That's totally, you know, that's why you're a Marvel fan. Kevin. <laughs> So like, so he has, he clearly sees the consequences of her actions and has to learn from those. Right. Whereas she's like going after power, um, and be, and, uh, and becoming unstoppable. And he realizes that he could be that same thing or he could fall into that same trap. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, seduced by that kind of power. But at the same time, very frustratingly, as you've sort of already alluded, there are no consequences for him, Never. right? He he messes with time. He gets what he wants. He freaking gives up the time stone to Thanos because he thinks it's the right thing to do. And it works out for him perfectly, you know? And then uh, in this one too, he's messing with the Darkhold. He's like, oh, uh, oh right. I'm just going to like pull up this thing that everyone says is so dangerous and just give it a shot, you know? And of course, like it works out for him. At the end of the movie, right? He's like... Um, in the middle of the street, collapses in the middle of the street because his third eye opens and it's like, oh, right? So, and then, and then, not even, not even 10 minutes later, right? In the freaking post, post, post the post credit scene, um, he has the third eye again. He's talking to, and he's, you know, hitting his new love interest, by right? The way. He's hitting up uh, Charlie's Theron. She's, you know, she's coming from another universe and says, Hey, uh, Dr. Strange, I really like the, sh- the shape of your beard. Uh, do you, would you like to go on a, a high of fly- your third eye? I like gets to, me all. Yeah. I like to go on a high flying multi-universal adventure with me. Um, Charlize Theron. And he's like, of course, absolutely. I'm going to do that. And his third eye is open and he's totally cool with it. So I actually have a kind of a problem with that third eye. Not that it appeared. It's just, if the dark hold got destroyed and then the thing that gave the dark hold all of its power got destroyed and on the influence of the dark hold on every multiverse is destroyed yep. and that influence is gone why does he still have the third eye that's a really good point because that means he has power that nobody else can attain anymore right well yeah well it says the dark the dark hold influences you in ways you cannot imagine which is once again a little bit of writing cop out yes it because is because it take it, it undoes everything wandavision established. oh my gosh this movie just filled with writing cop outs yeah yeah it's just <laughs> what if that freaking book oh my gosh <laughs> like the most like they might as well called it um, they might as well have called it MacGuffin by McGuffin oh my god <laughs> they, they were like okay they had a red herring MacGuffin oh they had I've this never freak- seen a red herring MacGuffin they had this freaking book right that is supposedly the only thing that's possible to stop uh, Wanda and well, the, 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 the way they describe the book is not like oh it, like this is the perfect <laughs> antidote to anyone who uses the dark old or oh if someone's like uh, going after dark magic this this book might have the answer it's like no this book gives the sorcerer whatever power he needs to defeat his enemy which is just like you know and they prayed it as like it's, oh it's, it's a variable like yeah you could, I'm sorry <laughs> well no it, they prayed the book as it's it's the antithesis of evil it is pure good but it, it gives the sorcerer a very subjective like. Why wasn't? Why couldn't Wanda have gotten that book and then use it get, to defeat, yeah, go, defeat her enemies? She knew where it was. She knew exactly where it was. I I really don't understand like what uh, and then like yeah obviously the only saving grace for that whole thing is that they burn it immediately as soon as they get their hands on it. They burn that versions of it, right? Okay. Or or is that out? No, that's outside of the. I think that's a pocket. It said there was some sort of like it was said. They said it was a different dimension. 
a different universe or so something. So it, it oh, that's lame. So it may be the that's only so one. Lame. Why introduce it then? It looked very similar to the to this. Yeah, no, I, I think there's only one. Yeah. But but there's multiple dark holds, but this is supposed to be the like the Well the dark hole's a copy. Right? Because Va- yeah. Wong's like, oh, it was inscribed off of the walls inside of the thing. Which again, I what? don't I don't think this is very frustrating, but I don't think Sam Raimi or Marvel understand how books work, right? Yeah. Like when I read a book, I don't have to carry it around to know what it says. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, 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 okay. I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt. It's and... like a recipe book. No, no, no. I give them the D and D rules of how spell books okay. work. Okay. So with your spell book, you, you you memorize those spells per day, and you have to prepare them each day. Sure. So it's not that you inherently know these, but well, you know, you would inherently know it, but for that day and. And you would have to prepare them each day. So you forget the spells that you have each day. So you'd have to constantly go through your spell book and re-memorize. Right, which is a useful mechanic in, in an RPG. In a game. <laughs> but when you are, when you are freaking Wanda Maximoff, you know, like you have this book and then it's like, oh, if only when I'm in possession of the book can I use the powers in the book. I don't, I like, I don't know. It's like the book itself seems to be... Uh, just you know, a conduit for her power, which so, yeah. I, I, well, I here's the thought I just had. It could, doesn't have to be a book at that point. So, if all these darkhold books exist, yeah. does that mean that Sanctum, where Wanda was in, yeah. also existed in all the other universes? I assume so. So, or were they all copied from six one six? Okay, actually, let me jump back to the cons. Okay, uh, this, <laughs> I am furious. That they made they, they in the first Marvel movie to deal with uh, uh, multiverse travel, they they took six one six and said that's the MCU world, which is stupid, <laughs> because six one six is the Marvel comic book world. That's not theirs to take. MCU has its own number attached to it, given to it by Marvel already. So. The fucking hubris of it to go, hey, this is the thing that everyone recognizes, and it's already established as the comic book uh, multiverse, but fuck that. Oh, that I, was that, annoying. That is really annoying, right? Like, it, it shows just absolute disrespect to the comics. Yeah, the source material. The, the whole reason you have success. Right. And, like, I understand these, you know, I, I understand, like, the idea of kind of, like, you know, taking from these older other stories and like, you know, building on them and them on themselves and making their own thing out of it, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Even though they're kind of copying almost exactly what like what occurs, it's like yeah. there's there's still like there's still differences, there's still like leeway there and like creative liberties, which allows for the creativity of that. This is the reason why comic books have multiple universes is yeah. to allow for multiple authors to have their own stories inside of them. Absolutely, and that is robbed or just freaking plagiarized essentially um when when you do something like that well the goal to try to make it canon um it is canon no yeah because it's It's already canon no yeah yeah but yeah yeah, okay (laughs) right yeah i'm I'm just i'm saying like it's the movie canon right no i yeah it is lame it's like it's either they don't understand or they or they purposely did it to like upset someone you know what i mean like anybody who's anybody who's familiar with the universal designations is not going to be happy. Oh no, I with wasn't. That. The moment I heard it, I, I was like, 
Oh, I. Uh, it's just like you know, it's the, it's that level of like I don't know what the word is exactly. I don't. I want to say incompetence, but just like um, apathy, right? Yeah. That it's like they didn't re- like really pay attention to the that. Source that material. has never been really a um, a factor in other Marvel movies, right? True. It, it, like I've always felt like, and I'm not that familiar with the source material at all or any of the comic books, but um, I've always got the sense that these were very faithful adaptations that like were doing a, a good job of like respecting the universe that they were in. You know, lots of little call outs, lots of mm-hmm. little, you know, references that only the most hardcore comic book people would understand. I, I actually really agree with the, with that this movie actually is the first movie that made me roll my eyes and not want any more Easter eggs. Yes. Um, it just, so you said like they're very faithful. Actually, some of these movies do a better job than the comics to get their point across. I absolutely, pref- I, I absolutely, I, I would understand it perfectly. Yeah. I prefer MCU Civil War over the entirety of the uh, first Civil War run of uh, uh, Marvel Comics. Was not a huge fan of it. Read every single issue, even the extended issues. I, 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 I. I that's when I was. At my peak of reading Marvel comics, so I followed it very closely, and I I enjoyed the MCU's Civil War way more than yeah, it was great. Well, this movie isn't even not just is it not this movie is not just disrespectful to the comic books, but it's disrespectful to other elements of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, specifically WandaVision. Right. Oh my God. I, th- there's no point to WandaVision now. It, okay. I, y- you've heard me talk a lot about the, the, this, 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 ah, uh, this, I believe it's a writing faux pas. Sure. Um, where you spend all this time, a whole arc where a character learns a lesson and really has a conclusion where they go, I learned my lesson. Right. I they've, get it. they've grown they've and grown. changed yes. because of the events in the movie. And and I absolutely love that it's for a character. It's called an arc. An arc, yeah. <laughs> but then you go right ne- and, and, then, and then you go right to the next arc and it's as if they learned nothing. Yes. I hate that because then i feel like my time was wasted yes no it's it's you're not wrong to feel that way the worst example of this of course is the die hard series which we did all five of them on this podcast all right tell me about that. so like every single movie starts over with john mcclain is like is estranged from his wife right at the end of each movie there's some sort of um like res- rec- reconciliation or some sort of, mm-hmm. you know, something that he does that uh, starts the, begins the process of healing between mm-hmm. him and Holly. But um, in every movie that is completely reset and he's, and like, it's back to him just being a, like a, a deadbeat. And then, and <laughs> like a healthy marriage and each movie it's like this, the situation is worse for him. And the, uh, reconciliation at the end is even more half-hearted. So, like, it becomes, like, uh, this element that's just sort of a reference to, like, say that they're doing it, more so than it is, like, anything that's actually, like, helpful or, like, uh, like it's not advancing the character at all, basically. Um, you know, maybe you can make an argument that Lucy McLean in the fourth movie, there's a bit more of an arc to that. But I really, the um, the only arc that any character goes through in the Die Hard movies is somebody doesn't like John McLean at the beginning, and at the end, he's such a badass, they have to respect him. <laughs> well, that's the only arc that matters. That's right. John McLean himself never goes on an arc. <laughs> but all the characters around him respect him more by the end of the movie. <laughs> 
Anyway, so yes, I totally see what you're saying here because WandaVision was about Wanda's grief, right? Yes. A really interesting uh, way of portraying that, although it ended up becoming kind of a Marvel mishmash of like random uh, beams of energy flashing at each other yeah, at the end. Yeah, well, you but can't win them all. Up to that point, it was a very interesting and delicately I told story that was that was told in a very unique way, was gripping, and um, I, you know, myself really felt for Wanda in that situation. Absolutely. Definitely understood where she was coming from and was willing to forgive her despite all of the tragedy that she had caused mm-hmm. in this town, right? And you could see that she was on her way toward you know, some sort of healing, although it was unclear exactly what that would look like. Mm-hmm. There was that one scene where she's like hovering in her house, right, while she's like leafing through the dark hold. I, I believe that's what's happening yeah. at the end. But like, that's not, there's, that doesn't mean anything to me, no, right? Yeah. It, 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 maybe it means something to you, but it doesn't mean anything to me. So, but by the end of that, right, I understood that she had come to terms with her kids not existing, right? That she was causing more harm than good by by going about mm-hmm. this in in this way and she had to accept that she had lost vision as well right all things that like she came to terms with um um in her own weird way mm-hmm. and then you know kind of dealt with by um you know with the help of well-meaning people in shield but all of that is undone when it turns out that she's not over her kids being disappeared or whatever or not existing instead she's uh, on a rampage through the multiverse to uh capture some poor girl so that she can use her powers to um what usurp another wanda it's 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 confusing at best it you know? is. and um it, yeah you're i mean you're absolutely right it uh, completely well, undoes this in, in that scene in wandavision where she's going through the dark hole and stuff i was actually i you remind me about this i was actually really excited because i thought they were going to introduce mephisto Mm. Which would have been really cool for the MCU because he is a constant foil to many different heroes. But and I, I thought that was a route they were gonna go. But now that now that we've had the payoff, I guess <laughs> they didn't, which I think is an opportunity they missed. All right, Kevin, let's uh, let's attempt to to suss some sort of meaning from this movie. Okay. Um. Were there any themes or anything that were present to you that kind of that you latched on to anything that uh, or maybe it was attempting to do that you feel like um, could have been explored better? Their their poor attempt to call males out on double standards in the sense of Doug Strange, like when you do it, you're saving the world. But I'm when I'm do it, I'm crazy. That's not that's not the line at all. It's just. uh, Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Right. When, When he takes. Like this, I, what, what, where was the context of that? When when he uses the magic or whatever, then he's doing saving the world. Yeah, it's talking about the time stone, right? Thing. When, when she when he takes a risk at saving the world, but when she does it, she's she's mad or something. Like yeah, that. and I'm just like, yeah, but but you you're, you're objectively wrong here. Like you know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't I don't know I I don't know if I I didn't really get that sense from that because she was clearly the villain. You no, know, yeah. so you're supposed to agree with her on any of these. Well, these why points. not? Why, why, why not? Should we? Because like, if they were gonna really gonna go that route, once again, they should have doubled down. Yeah, like they should have really leaned into, it, really made her scary, really made her like. If the Darkhold really does warp your mind, go that far. 
Like, show it. Like, don't half-heart it. Be, I, I know you want to sell toys. I know you want to sell all this stuff. And you can't have your heroes really be really bad. But in this moment, if you're going to kill off your character, go all the way. Make her terrifying. Make her despicable. Just really make her completely warped. And they didn't. I they. This movie's just full of missed opportunities. I. It's really interesting you say that because I got that same sense, and I, I wasn't able to really put my finger on it. But she is unstoppable, right? She's like mm-hmm. everybody that stands in her way is, like, is pushed aside with very little like struggle, right? The only thing that they can do is delay her. The only thing they can really do is like stay a couple steps ahead of her. Yeah, and which that's is be- terrifying. Which is because she's chasing them, right? Yeah. Um, but I never really got that sense of terror. I never yeah, got yeah, that yeah. sense of, of like the movie It Follows, right? Mm-hmm. Where like I, I should get the like the, the itch in the back of my neck that she's always right behind mm-hmm. me. You know that that oh my gosh, like it's not going to matter. There's all this stuff, right? But because the pacing is so poor in this movie, I never get the sense of urgency that is supposed to be constant. You know, I like I'm like I'm really trying to get. When I'm, when I'm watching this movie and I have an unstoppable character, a character that is coming mm-hmm. for them, right? Thanos is a really good example mm-hmm. of this. Um, there's this sense of dread that the audience, myself, mm-hmm. feels while things are happening. I'm like, okay, now it's getting to the point where, you know, oh, I, maybe this will stop him. And then it doesn't stop him. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, maybe this will stop him. Oh, and it doesn't mm-hmm. stop him. Any sort of tiny, like, um, you know, little setback or anything feels like a victory. Mm-hmm. Um, when they were fighting Thanos on his planet, right? Yeah, and they had Tony Stark and Chris Pratt, Star Lord, and <laughs> um, uh, and they had um, Nebula was there, Doctor Strange was there, and they were fighting him, and they they finally bested him, right? They had him like mm-hmm. st- separated, and they were about to like end it all, and then Chris Pratt, you know, Star Lord, Star Lord gets in his face. And and he realizes that uh, Thanos had killed um, Gamora. Gamora, thank you. And he's he gets so upset that he ruins the whole thing and they get out of it. That's a that's a tragic moment, but it's an amazing movie moment. Because, I loved it because you understand why Star Lord is acting this way, and you understand the consequences of those actions. And yet he cannot help himself, right? Yeah. And we us like we're watching this we're watching thanos just walk through all of these heroes and nobody can stop him and there's this moment where they feels like they can actually stop him and it doesn't happen anyway because of the faults of one of our characters it's incredible it's an it's an amazing it's an amazing moment and there is nothing like that in this movie. no i always knew that they were going to succeed i was just waiting for it to happen right exactly there's never a moment where i thought oh maybe they can stop her the, oh, maybe they can. Maybe they can do this because it doesn't even seem like they're really no. trying. And, oh no, they didn't. They didn't try at all. What that does is it doesn't. It creates this complete lack of sense of dread for me because I never feared for Doctor Strange's life at all. Right? Mm-hmm. Sort of feared for America, but ultimately not really. And I never really felt like um, Wanda was really going to achieve her goal. Right? Never. I never yeah. really felt like she was ever going to get what she really wanted, despite the fact that she was supposed to be terrifying. Mm-hmm. If you add up all the little pieces and things that she did in this movie, it seemed like it's like, oh, that's a, that's a something that a scary person would did. But mm-hmm. where is that sense of dread? Why is why is the tone so off 
and this? Why does it feel just so bland? Sam Raimi was the wrong person for this movie. I mean, I that that is kind of my conclusion for this. And it feels like there's just not enough of him in this movie, really. Like there's call out, there's callbacks and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, there's references to the evil dead and things like that, but it's um it's really just surface level, right? It's yeah. not at all a um like him wow. taking over the story or him like kind of pushing this movie into an interesting element. It's just like he was the one on set behind the camera, right? There's it never felt like there was a um a moment where it was like his movie. It just mm-hmm. felt like oh, look, uh, this movie references some Sam Raimi stuff. It, it feels totally um uh, surface level and and uh worthless. You're going to like my what I wrote for my rating. <laughs> okay, good. Um yeah, so I actually have a whole thing about Wanda as the villain, which I think may, may tie into this mm-hmm. well. Um, first of all, uh, I want to say that I want to turn myself into paint and then throw myself on the gaudy fur, fur coat that is this movie. I take extreme issue with um, the way that it is revealed that Wanda is the villain yes. of this movie. yes. She she does the whole sitcom. Oops, I said her name and I shouldn't have. Uh, uh, I didn't know it. I, I, I rolled so hard in that moment. I could not. I couldn't believe it. Honestly, it, it's cringy at best. But like, really, this is you know, as we mentioned earlier, this movie was made took uh, two hundred million dollars were were used to make this movie, and that's the best they could come up with. Seriously, uh, okay. After that, even it's not clear to me that Wanda is the big bad. Um, and maybe this didn't happen to you because we did the first time we saw this, it was separately. But when she, uh, after Dr. Strange goes and talks to her, I thought that Dr. Strange planted the seed in her. And now there was her and another monster that was mm. going after America. It wasn't until they explicitly told me that it was Wanda all along that I made the connection like, oh, that's what's supposed to happen. So I don't, maybe that's just me. I, I didn't have the same experience you had is the moment she did the name reveal thing. I was like, oh. <laughs> okay no that i mean that took me so far out of the movie that i i it broke <laughs> me basically <laughs> I, I i could not follow up to that point so yeah i i i really was not was not was not happy with that but anyway that even that is not really that big of a deal it's kind of more of a nitpick than yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah but okay so let's talk about wanda again wanda wants to be able to travel between universes so that she can be with her children yeah. right this makes sense but when asked what happens to the Wanda that is already there, she has no answer. Um, she's enacting this extremely convoluted and elaborate plot to capture a woman from another freaking universe who's like moving between universes. Mm-hmm. And yet this thought of like what she's going to do when she succeeds never really crosses her mind. Okay. But okay, maybe, maybe she is just so distraught and lost that she isn't thinking straight. You know, this is a terrible situation for her um, and she's not being logical. Um, but uh, do you really want that implication? Disney? No. <laughs> do you no. really want to say our big bad woman character wants to be a mother so bad? It's the only thing she can focus on. Her emotions are just getting in the way of thinking straight. I'm sure in a week or so when she, her hormones calm down, she'll be back to the lovable Wanda Maximoff we all love. <laughs> Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> like like saying like your female character is too emotional to, you know, enact mm-hmm. pr- like like a a well thought out plan mm-hmm. is it kind of a thin ice that you would expect some, you know, a media conglomerate to avoid. <laughs> it is, but it is also very Scarlet Witch. Really? Yeah, comics wise. 
Um, so in a great run called House of M, this is how strong Sarge Witch is supposed to be. Like, um, crazy stuff happened. I believe uh, uh, Vision died again. Um, and she as just... He does. <laughs> as he does. Uh, <laughs> she just says, no more mutants. And literally, no more mutants. Uh, the, uh, the, X, the X gene, whatever, was not showing up anymore. So, wow. So mutants were at a p at a point of almost ex- like they they were like they, they had no coming population coming in so they were in, it was just decline and so they were a threat of extinction it was a huge huge thing huge problem and she also before that she also warped the entire world well she 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 basically did what she didn't want to vision but into the entire world and basically put herself as the or like Magneto as the ruler and stuff. It it it's really good. I highly recommend checking House of M. Uh, it, 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 if I need a plug, that is my plug. House of M is the shit. And then it for years. I mean years. And, th- and I start taper off towards the end. Uh, it, it, I think I think M Day kind of ended or like the the fall M Day ended when. Uh, X-Men versus Avengers happen, which is another shitty, uh, it's not good, <laughs> but it's fine. It's not good though. And that has its own fallout. God, I love the X-Men. It's just so good. Right. Okay. Um, so like, <laughs> I, I understand what you're saying though. It's like, she's not exactly the most like no, she, forward she, thinking person. She's not, she's not. But also at the same time, this goes back, uh, back to what I was saying. They should have just said she died. Like, I'm going to kill her and replace her if they want to really make her terrifying, right. make her and just say, yeah, double down into evil. Do it. Yeah, uh, you know she's uh, she's in my way or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know, any anything like that, right? Which which like shows that there's some sort of con. Like, oh, she's really lost, mm-hmm. right? Not that she's confused. No, yeah. Or yeah, like yeah. that she doesn't understand the situation. You know that I I I don't know. I I I feel bad for her. Like I want her for her to get her kids and stuff. But like I also don't feel like. <laughs> I don't feel the same melancholy I do as I did in any of the other iterations she's in in the MCU. So here's my thing about the kids. With the okay, she didn't have the power of the dark toe before, and she was able to create them. True. She has the power of the dark toe now, and she can't create them permanently. What she's able to do in the comics, because hear me out, Vision is an android. There is no sperm. She can't get pregnant by him. So she always created Holy them. shit. <laughs> That's so, so funny. The whole plot is problematic to begin with. That's so funny. Vision's robotic swimmers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. Uh, this, this whole thing, like, I have such an issue with her as a villain because I feel like there's they don't go as far as they should, as you've been, as you've been mm-hmm, saying, right. Mm-hmm. They don't make her as like, they don't turn her full heel. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I also don't never get the sense that she's really scary despite her being unstoppable. <laughs> they tried in that one scene where they, I guess they forgot to pay the FX guy <laughs> where she comes out of the, the gong and she oh, tries yeah. to do the whole ring. And then the, the, the twisting of the body, that's supposed to be scary, but, it, it just wasn't. It wasn't scary. So when I was saying when uh, the FX were good, when they uh, were really good, when they were good, the FX are also really bad when they're 
really bad. Which is again a shame because nobody does visuals better than Marvel. Like you know, they're doing. They're the there best shouldn't in the game. be a bad visual. Yeah. Like with that amount of money, they they really shouldn't have one. And yes, I know uh, that's a lot to expect on FX artists who have the time constraints and the reality of the world and everything. And suddenly you're not going to go all you want. And I get that, but Marvel also has that. Um, they have that unlimited reputation. money. Yeah, 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 they yeah. have unlimited money. They can hire more people. The um and. Maybe uh, you can cut out a couple of scenes where they're blasting each other with yes. lasers. You know, instead you could do something uh, a little bit more, um, you know, uh, character driven. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to talk about uh, before we move on, Kevin? Uh, I thought I thought the whole Rachel McAdams plot line was boring. <laughs> I did too. Uh, well, it just <laughs> it. We've seen it so many times I, in so many movies. I like that he didn't end up with her, at least. Well, no, okay. It just felt like a convoluted movie for someone to get over and get over an ex because the because the thing that they uh the in the in the post credit scene they showed uh, uh Stephen Strange's like true superhero love interest. So this is literally like. Let's get over an ex so we can actually introduce this person, sell more toys of this person. Right. And I just didn't think that need. I didn't think it just didn't need to exist. There, there was already too many plot lines. Like, like focus more on traveling around the multiverse. Try uh, do more with America. Uh, this is a gripe uh, from uh, my girlfriend. Uh, she, in her words, it was like watching a Disney Channel star in an MC. <laughs> movie oh gosh and that was uh and that was america's america chavez let's actually say her, <laughs> full, her name. full name because <laughs> if it's america chavez apparently she's really cool in the comics uh she's a little bit after my like peak reading time i do know who she is and she she is a big deal for the lgbtq community so go there like that but i don't think she got represented like she needed to in the mcu yes i, I, I like I did not like her as an actress. Um, she was not, um, she just not deliver her lines as well as she should have. And I really feel like she should have been younger, honestly. The way they were talking about her, they kept talking like she was a girl. She's like a little mm-hmm, girl or something. Mm-hmm. She must have been at least 20, you know, tw- 24 probably, mm-hmm. you know, like she looked older, you know, and they, they're calling her a kid and stuff. But, you know, the way she was acting and like maybe like the, uh, like unable to control her powers. Mm-hmm. If she was like a teenager, you know, like a like a thirteen or fourteen year old mm-hmm. or something, then it would have been more. I feel like that that would have fit better. Mm-hmm. Um. So and then like yeah, I'm not excited to watch more movies with her in them as a star. I never really felt like she was that compelling of a character. When like even though I thought the star portals were pretty cool. I, I liked, oh yeah, that I, was cool. The I visuals liked the way that were looked. great. I liked, I, liked, I liked a lot, but it was still like, uh, you know, like not enough of that because, yeah. Here's the problem, right, Kevin? Yeah. When you have uh, multiverses, you know what that means? Doppelgangers. And you know what that means? Doppelganger shenanigans. Yes. There was not enough doppelganger shenanigans. There was not. Hardly any not. doppelganger shenanigans. Nobody was switching places pretending to be the other person. Nobody was, um, you know, having arguments with themselves about themselves, right? There was, there was very few um, moments where a person interacts with their alternate self. Um, and that is a real shame because doppelganger shenanigans are some of the best stuff in movies. Uh, you know where we got that, all that great doppelganger shenanigans? Where? Spider-Man. That's right. Exactly. That was great. Spider-Man did it perfectly. Yeah. 
that Spider-Man should be. Spider-Man's the best superhero ever. You heard it here now. Like, you can quote me on you're that. Not gonna, you're not going to hear a disagreement from me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, there's one more thing I want to I touch on, and then we can we can move on. Um, and I, cause, just because I mentioned it earlier. This movie kind of touches on this idea of accountability for extreme power. Mm-hmm. I really like this idea that the Illuminati, the the Avengers from the alternate universe killed their Doctor Strange because he committed a crime against humanity. Um, I think that was pretty cool. I like seeing that kind of like accountability put in place, you know, mm-hmm. even though they were, he was their friend, right? Mm-hmm. They liked him, but he was, he still committed, he still killed so many people. Nobody that they knew, but it didn't matter. They mm-hmm. wanted, they, they had to show that this was not okay. So funny thing about that. Sure. The Illuminati we saw in the MCU is not the Illuminati we know from the comics. Okay. The Illuminati we know from the comics has no accountability. They do all the fucked up shit. (laughs) They make all the terrible decisions that, air quotes, because this is a podcast, I'm a fool, uh, (laughs) that that need to be made, and they go, and they make them in secret. um, It's all these big... Big powers, it's Professor Xavier, it's Namor, it's Black Panther, um, um, well, it's Mr. Fantastic, I already think I already said that one. Uh, it's Black Bolt, I, I actually, no, I don't, uh, yeah, Black Bolt's in there. It, well, it's all, it's all the big, big, big shots, and they, they all, um, they all make the big decisions behind the scenes and are not accountable for any of it. Cool. That, like, so... And, and, and to go that it's this universe's version of the Avengers, I was like, ah, that's that's it, it was just fan service. It was just all of it was fan service. This movie, this movie should just be titled Doctor Strange and his fan service. It's just like it was mm, OK, but I did pop off at one moment. So when they introduced Professor Xavier in his beautiful wheel uh yellow wheelchair if you heard in the score you hear the ah that's the from from the uh, opening to the 90s x-men awesome oh it's great it's just i i didn't hear it the first time when i went to go see it which is crazy because i saw an imax but i i heard in the second time when, when we saw it together and i was just like oh that was a great choice because it, it really, uh, because it, it makes think is like that. That's the character I grew up with, of yeah. Xavier. And also, if we're talking about the biggest hypocrite in the, in the entire and uh, uh, Marvel universe, it is Professor Xavier. Why like, is that? Oh, he's just he 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 he's just, uh, supposed to be his paragon of peace and uh, and and like righteousness and stuff. But he has done the most fucked up shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was people's minds and taking away free will in the in, 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 in the guise of the greater good. Oh, he's great. He's a fantastic character. Really, X Men is the best soap opera to ever. All right, exist. all right. I know Wanda's technically an X Men, isn't she? Eventually, well, she, she, I would say she's more Avenger she, um, than. Isn't X-Men. she a, like in the comics? Um, she's Ma- Magneto's kid. Magneto's kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right, but this, that's enough X Men talk. Okay, we'll save it for the X Men episode. All right, um, we're never gonna get that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I think it's time for us to take a little break, and yeah. when we come back, uh, we'll go a little deeper. 
Risking your hard-earned money for promised profits are easier than it's ever been. You can even do it from behind a keyboard through the greatest invention of the last 10 years. Cryptocurrency. These are not banks. Banks are for losers. Hey, sorry. You are a winner, and you win every time you convert money into dog-themed virtual tokens. Every time someone tells you it's a scam, you righteously tell them that they just don't understand the future. Not like you do. You see the potential. You see the risk as necessary. Are you going to let a little danger keep you from transcending into the immortal plane with the rest of us? By risking everything, you are gaining everything. Gamble everything. So let's move into the next stage of human evolution. Let's stop worrying about those little numbers in your puny bank account and start asking ourselves, what are the numbers that make up the universe? And can we make our own universe in our image where no one is guaranteed income unless they sign up for a bureaucratic machine that dishes out insubstantial rations at complete random, effectively securing your loyalty without the responsibility of caring for you? We can become like gods. We can control the universe. Join us. This ad was brought to you by The Gambling Initiative. Promoting extreme financial risk to anyone who will listen. Okay, it is time for us to go a little deeper. Oh no. <laughs> All right, so this is this is the tangential okay. element of this, but I would like to pro- doing that. <laughs> I would like to propose something for you. Okay. I propose that the multiverse will be a real thing in the future. I mean, the only thing difference is that we're going to be calling it the metaverse. I mean, we have all of these different you know, realms in which we can interact online, right? Mm-hmm. There's not going to be just one metaverse. There's mm-hmm. going to be multiple of them. In fact, there's going to be multiple metaverses, you might say. So I propose that there are going to be, you know, big kind of tentpole metaverses mm-hmm. out there that you can subscribe to and many people will be subscribed to, but you will flip between them as if they are separate universes. Have you played VR chat? I have not. Uh, you just described VR chat, right? I I <laughs> that know is... <laughs> that it's, I know it's not it's already out there, but like you know, it's it's like it's not just like different chat rooms or something, but like you know, different instances of a GTA style world, right? Where you go there and it's like, oh, in this universe, here's the rules, and mm-hmm. in this universe, the rules are different. In this universe, Trump is still president. In this universe, we uh, we you know uh, we believe in that everyone should be able to smoke weed whenever they want. You know, it's there's like all these different tiny little pieces yeah. you know, that like become different in each area. And um, at a certain point, you know, when we all upload our consciousness online, we'll be, um, you know, we'll be traveling the multiverse similar to America and Dr. Strange in this movie. Okay. Yeah, that <laughs> definitely, I can't say you're not wrong because that in the most simple, simplistic form as how VR chat has evolved, it, it is becoming like that already. Yeah. Like, um, I was hanging out with uh, my friend, um, oh, Max, uh, and he took me to a World War II inspired area where you learn to fly helicopters off of aircraft carriers wow. in World War II era. And okay. so, uh, I was just like, dope. Okay. <laughs> it was really intense because you actually ha- it had real helicopter mechanics in it. Wow. And yeah, so... It's crazy. Like it's the new, it's the new technical wild west. Yeah, it's the, um, it's the next frontier. 
but also at the same time, you ever fan, ever be a fan of Digimon? No, I was never a fan of Digimon. Well, they they've been pushing this idea for a long time. What a Digimon verse? Well, no, the whole thing is everything is on the internet and there's different pockets and all that stuff, and you go subscribe and like and uh, all of these all these things. Yeah. So it, it's been a part of science fiction for fi- like at least like uh, 15 years now in, in the loosest term mm-hmm. like uh, it, like it's touched on in digimon it's touched on actually no it's longer than 15 years because the first time i really saw it in media was <laughs> the digimon movie <laughs> okay i was hot <laughs> i'm getting lost here the digimon movie was like about like multiple universes or like multiple instances oh, no, okay. of digital universes yeah 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 yeah. but and and, and, it, and well, it was really the internet but they were uh showing the internet in a 3D space. In a 3D space, and the only way you can show different like web pages and stuff, they'd be their own little like universe thing that you can pop in and out. And they've really expanded on that as the as that idea has grown. Um, there's the a digiverse. Fan- digiverse, yeah. Um, there, there, there's a, there's actually a really fun movie called Summer Wars uh, that actually has these concepts. And guess what? It's made by the same people who did the Digimon movie. Of course movie. it is. <laughs> Holy shit. It's actually really good. You should check it out. Actually, we should. We should watch that? We should watch it and do a podcast. Because <laughs> okay. it's actually controversial. Okay. I'm, I'm down for that. You've sold me. Okay. Um, well, uh, that's basically it. Uh, um, any other comments about the multiverse, Kevin? Um, I'm excited to see it in the MCU. If they don't expand it or use it, they're stupid because that means they can just sell more things. And it's really they can get away with anything and they, they can do the what ifs they can do all this and then bring those characters in and really it will start feeling more and more like the comics don't get me wrong the movies already feel like the comics which is great but um now they can actually do what the comics do yeah. uh, but also at the same time if they don't do it right it's gonna bite them in the butt yeah well it seems like it can get really confusing you know the multiverse type thing is like it, it can be hard to tell what like you know oh did this happen in this universe or this happened in this universe mm-hmm. it becomes you know convoluted and crazy yes. and uh, sometimes you uh, at one point you're going to need a giant overhaul retcon uh, story yep. like flashpoint yes exactly yeah. so um which you know i would say was you know which is the dc story but still i it, understand it, exactly what you mean no flashpoint was a was a brilliant choice <laughs> um but it's uh um, I've, it's already at the point where people feel intimidated by the MCU. People don't want to jump in at this point because it's too much for them, even though it feels pretty streamlined to someone like me and you. Yeah. Um, there are still, there are lots of people out there who like have never watched a single Marvel movie and are like, I cannot start watching this stuff. This is way too, like, there's too much about it. That's like already too confusing. So I honestly think if they start moving into the multiverse stuff, uh, people will not abandon it because I think it's kind of a, it is kind of a natural step for stories like this. Yeah. Uh, and, and to all those people that can't get into it. All right. Like, cool. Uh, like it, it, saved you from watching this movie. Oh, you saved you from watching this movie, but also at the same time, it's the same thing with, it's literally the same problem with the comics, but, uh, yes. but, the, but I, Every comic book reader will tell you, sure, you can start at this chapter or you can just pick one up and just watch. Like, 
also at the same time, this is the first Marvel movie where I felt like if you didn't watch any uh, a little bit before, then you'd be really lost. Every movie before this, except for like the ones that are direct sequels to it, you could literally pick up and just still enjoy it. Yeah. But this is the first movie that was just lazy. <laughs> this movie's just lazy. I can't disagree with you, Kevin. Um, okay, now it is time for us to deliver our ratings. Okay. Kevin, you want to go first? Sure. I said that this was a producer's wet dream. <laughs> a wet, oh, like a, like a dream walking, maybe. You know? <laughs> no, I didn't mean to do that. Uh, but... A producer is dream walking into a sex dream he had. No, no. I, <laughs> literally, like, the, ca- the, the seeing all the cameos and seeing the choice, he's just like, I'm going to sell so much shit. I give this movie uh, losing my children over and over again. Damn it. <laughs> um, okay, Kevin, you got anything you want to plug? Go read House of M. Perfect. Thank you. What are we doing next? Next, we are doing the best movie of the year so far, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And we also have some great guests, Jay and Eli of the Super Bracket Bros podcast. So come check that out. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe to it on iTunes or Spotify or Google Play or wherever else there are podcasts. Um, Audible has podcasts. We're on there, too. Nice. And if you like this podcast, then you should tell your friends about it on every universe. All you have to say is, have you considered listening to Affable Chat? We also have a Twitter, an Instagram, a TikTok. All of those are at Affable Chat. But instead of going there, you can go to AffableChat.com, which has just recently launched your new favorite website on the Internet. I promise you. Go check it out. And we also have a YouTube channel, which is contains multiversal Joey's and uh, Benjamin's and no Kevin's at this point, but maybe later. Maybe later. Um, Offable Chat is also live on, on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern time on twitch.tv slash affable chat. Just come check it out and hang out with Benjamin as he talks about the latest um, that's on the Internet. And uh, that's all. So thank you again, Kevin, for being here. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening.